2023 is gone and here we are right back in another January, another beginning, a new season for many and for some and a lot of us, so much work to be done. Many of you have listened to audio nuggets over the years or have been guests in the cipher. In 2024, MFG will aim to bring you no more than 16 generative conversations with black bodies who are doing the damn thing to advance and actualize freedom. This will include up to four nuggets to commemorate Black History Month, as well as 60 years post-civil rights. Our conversation style is nurtured by the commonalities of culture. This is one of many public conversations where respectability politics has no place and liberation and relationships are preeminent. That's how we will flow on audio nuggets. I make no resolutions during this time of the year. I do, however, reflect. And the context for this deeper reflection is that there's no experience that isn't lived. Every day, I, like you, are having human experiences in the quest for self-determination, liberation, community, and freedom. Some of you have contracted or partnered with MFG in informal ways in the three years plus that our brand has been official. And yet, I have only been asked one of the most important questions I've ever received just recently. With over two decades of experience, one important question was asked to me before the holiday season. And that was... Who or what was poured into me that fuels my purpose? It was only recently that a comrade said this to me. And it went like, Corey, I want to know the history that shapes your present so that I will not continue to have assumptions about who I think you are. She also said she wanted to know a little bit about my people and my people's people. So over the holidays, I pondered, hmm... What might this insight do to help me stay laser focused on why MFG does what we do and who we are? So I went back. I traveled 50 years back. In fact, Thanksgiving 73 is when I entered the world birthed by a beautiful 16 year old black mama. Both of us. To be loved and raised by a family and a neighborhood of amazing black folk that also became family. It was during this time that my Uncle Chuck would soon be headed off for a career in the Marines. If it wasn't enough to have disrupted the biggest feast of the year, my mother's umbilical cord was firmly wrapped around my neck, causing fear, unpredictability. This was the first notable struggle that my mother and I had overcome together. The first of many to come. Because of that one particular struggle, a family friend named Victor gave me the nickname Life. I never really understood exactly what that meant until just recently. And remember, this is all happening within the context and national memory that comes with a decade after Kennedy was assassinated, nine years after legalized racial terror, segregation, and Jim Crow laws, a year before CAPTA 
was installed two years before the fall of Saigon and within a half a block of my new home 614 G Street Northeast there were buildings that were blighted because of white rage and police violence that led to protest for freedom I grow into 2024 with having 22 years of formal human services experiences 60 years post-civil rights the same struggle for freedom and liberation continues today good people but as I go back and reflect I realized that I always knew of my blackness and that Mother Africa had honored me with her DNA, a collective DNA, well before I knew that my first name was inspired by Diane Carroll's Julia. See, Julia, a single black nurse raising Corey Baker alone after her husband was killed in Vietnam. My mother, too, was a nurse before becoming a police officer in Washington, D.C. Whoo! This during an era when hmm, crack was king and kids like, kids like me were called super predators. That's right, super predators. Marked, targeted, and mothers just like the one who gave birth to me were demonized and had their kids viciously taken. All of this was happening in plain sight, something to feel, experience, and see with my own eyes. It wasn't until the late 80s that I was also a target of police violence. My relationship with abusive power was crystal clear by the time I was in the eighth grade, taking a bus from Northeast all the way uptown or the subway from Brooklyn to Tinley Town. Having a police household and a police family made life very interesting to say the least. This too shaped my understanding of my present. And Nanny, oh my Nanny, insisted that we never forget to whom we belong. Her husband, Mr. Brown, my grandpa, had nieces and a sister Edie who lived in Tanzania. See, it was them who would gift Nanny with art, creations from the culture. And she passed her heirlooms on to us and her own African artistry to my aunts, uncles, myself, many of which hang right here in the cipher. It was my mother and Nanny that helped expose me, my young mind, to more. I craved it. I needed it. I relied on more. Nanny's legacy and teaching is what has shaped who I am and who I'm becoming. See, she was born in post-bellum North Carolina. Nanny and my paternal grandparents migrated to Chocolate City in search of, uh, you know, the uplift. Greater access. Semblances of justice, equality and humanity lived and recognized it was nanny that taught me a whole lot about life but I'll just name a few here to teach people how to treat me was something that she drilled in that there is no such thing as neutrality so for me 
to choose a position and to stick with it. She also reminded me never to let my wants outweigh my will to endure long suffering. And that games, games she would say, Corey, come in boxes, don't play them. And damn sure, never learn to play a game by the rules that lead to your own destruction. I share this with you for several reasons. Of course, for the obvious. To invite you into new ways of knowing why MFG has chosen to nurture freedom dreams. To remind you that all experiences are lived, date stamped, and the story is ever evolving. And I encourage you to embrace that our country's origin story does not have to be confusing if you choose to go back and see how you were formed has also shaped your proclivities or not to your justice doing to my comrade to my comrade and you know who you are who prompted this self-talk I hope that this short message answers your questions and limits a few assumptions since 1973 I have been on a quest to become the human I've always wanted to be and that human is me I do that today with a phenomenal team of para-knowledge curators, a fearless assistant who are all courageous truth seekers and tellers. Collectively, we build relationships with people most impacted. And we also went through this exact process of crafting what freedom and liberation means to MFG. So we leave you with our invitation, our motivation, long view, and how we believe MFG's piece of the struggle will continue to permeate our collective justice doing. We start by our purpose. We have felt, witnessed, and been consumed by a life without collective freedom. Therefore, we choose justice doing and freedom seeking so that generations to come will experience a a world free of cages, specious classifications, and harmful ideologies that rupture human connection and interrupt full potential. What we see because of this purpose, what we see is to actualize a society where we all flourish without racialized oppression and carceral restrictions to reclaiming our humanity. Simply put, Our vision is freedom. And how will we get there? Well, the how is important, but it's weird. It starts with us first. Those are the hacks. Those are the tasks. To abolish supremacy within us. To nurture healing within us. To build collectivism within us first. So that we're armored to be able to carry the mission forward. And that mission is to communally nurture freedom dreams and the ongoing movement toward justice and liberation by establishing necessary relationships with those most impacted by federal and state policies and practices while providing family-serving agencies with anti-racist and justice-centered leadership development. 
through that leadership development, this culture building, and liberatory guidance. Over the next few days, we'll pick up with audio nuggets right at part two of Dwayne Judd's Phenomenon of Whiteness. We hope that you will want to subscribe to stay close to audio nuggets and you can find us on all platforms where podcasts are made available and also at miningforgoldcommunity.com Until then until freedom as Jasmine Sankofa says know that we have faith in freedom and are grounded in the principal struggle Happy New Year good people and I'm looking forward to more.